and welcome to episode 48 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm Mitch, and with me is Joseph. Hello, Joseph. Joseph. Very formal today. Well, shall I call you... Twi- it's 2016. Shall I call you Anthony? Yes. Yes, yes, we should. <laughs> yes, it's 2016. It's time to bring this up a little. Formalities. What? <laughs> Formalities. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, all right, let's, let's not. Let's go back no, to what we did before. You've okay. just lowered it again. <laughs> all right, fine, fine. How are you? Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, oh, all those you. sort of things. Yes. It's funny I haven't seen you at my house for like a while. I know you were here every day for like twelve days. Yes, and then just nothing. You didn't yeah. call. You didn't write. I mean, who writes nowadays anyway? Yeah, we did text. Rem- and you sent me dick pics. <laughs> not my own. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there goes the formality. Yes, I had a very nice Christmas New Year break. Christmas was nice and quiet with the family. New Year's was New Year's Eve was very quiet, unlike yours, going out gallivanting to I'm the cinema. Gallivanting to the movies, yes. I yes. saw The Force Awakens again. again. So yes, I, I actually saw The Force Awakens the day before New Year's, because it was my birthday and my wife surprised me with gold class tickets. Yeah. But I'm sure we all mention that when we talk our well. movies. Yes, thank you. That's all right. Yes. Yeah, everyone talks about Jesus. No one talks about you. No, that's all right. But anyway... Yeah. Should we get stuck into it? Let's get into a game. Do we go with gaming? I've we'll always go been going with gaming. Let's start with gaming. It's a tradition. Let's start. Yes, even though no one cares. Oh, I'm sure they do. Oh. They could fast forward 15 minutes to the good stuff if they don't like gaming. Or they just give up and never come back. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. anyway yeah. You have actually finished a game. Uh, did I? Yes, I did. <laughs> I started one and finished one. I started and finished Rage. Rage, 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 Rage. <laughs> and the Australian people understand that who watched the ABC. Yeah. Rage is from id Software, which are the guys who did Doom and Wolfenstein. And it's basically a really pretty Borderlands, is how I'd put it. And I actually bought you a copy of Rage because it is at EB's at the moment for about $8. So it's a bargain. I looked on how long to beat. It was about 12 hours long. And it's like, I'm on holidays. I want to finish a game. Let's do that. And I looked on the back of it because I thought the $8, that's what appealed the most. And on the back it said it's driving, it's shooting, it's post-apocalyptic wasteland. I thought, that's Mad Max. I don't have an Xbox One. I can't buy Mad Max yet. This might give me my Mad Max fix. So for $8, I thought, pay more at Macca's. So exactly. Like, Why not? So um, I did, and it's good. It's it, like, it, like I said, it's 12 hours it's short. It's not as nowhere near as deep as Borderlands or anything like that. You don't have the variety of gameplay or guns or anything like that. You do level up your weapons you do have, but I think the driving's better, and I thought it was good. So you're only a few hours in, so you can't really comment. All right, well, if it's 12 hours long, I think I must be a tenth of the game. I'm about an hour and a half in. Okay. It hasn't grabbed me yet. Like, when I first played, I didn't really like it at all. I was just finding that the guns were so underpowered. I I had a pistol and I was taking, like, five or six shots to kill anyone. But then as you progress just a little bit further than that, I've got, I think they call it a half binocular, so I can zoom in, which means I can do headshots a little bit easier. And then you pick up sort of like this boomerang blade thing. I forget Mm -hmm. what they call it. Yeah, some triangle, some tri-blade. Yeah, but I, I think that's cool because... When the, the baddies are running at you, you can whip that off rather than trying to shoot them and take them down before they get you. You sent that to text me the other day, and I was like, yeah, I did the tutorial on it, and I never touched again. Okay. I should have, but I played in baby mode, so again, I didn't. I never really felt underpowered in it. Like, I died a couple of times, but it wasn't that often. I, I never needed it. I did run out of ammo, and I probably should have used it a lot more. 
but I just totally forgot. I've actually died once, and I don't like the mechanic of the defibrillator thing where you have to... You, basically, the, the, the way you re- revive yourself is you have to move your thumbsticks and hit your triggers in yes. time with a little on screen. quick time sort of thing yeah. on the screen. But I didn't really understand what I was meant to be doing to start with, and it took me a while, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's it's quirky compared to just dying and respawning somewhere. Mm. So it is original, I guess. Yeah, I I, I thought it was fun. I, like, it was short. I thought the mechanics were very good. Storyline didn't matter. Like, there were people talking at me, but I, in the end, I did. It's like, just get to the mission. Mm. Just tell me where i got to go. Level design, I do like it. There was one mission I was doing last night where you were in, like, a three-story sort of ruined building and you have to go down to the bottom level to pick something up and then come back and kill dudes along the way. I thought that was good. Mm. So... Yeah, I'll stick with it if it's short. It's short. Well, 12 mm. hours sounds like a long time well, yeah. for gaming-wise, it's short. Compared to your Borderlands or yeah. whatever. What I am finding the most enthralling of the game, though, is you start off with an ATV, and I'm just driving really fast with my ATV and running into things and seeing how far my body will fly off the top of the handlebars. <laughs> so, yes, maybe I've missed the mark of the game there a little bit. Well, it's weird. I was at my um, the nephew's the other day, and they were playing Portal 2, and they played so different to me. Mm. Like, they just fuck each other over. That's what they do. Because <laughs> there's a bit where it's like, all right, you've got to stand on there to trigger the platform, and I'll walk across the platform, and then halfway across the platform, he jumped off it, just so he'd fall to his death. <laughs> it's like, what you do that for? It's like, I don't know. Well, I do remember you saying when they were playing, was it Lego Disney Infinity? Disney Infinity and yeah, they, they were, like, just, deleting the game yeah, ground from underneath. That's what they do. Is the, you know, some yes. games, it's how you play them is up to you. If you want to make that your game, go right ahead. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, speaking of Rage being a better-looking Borderlands... Mm-hmm. I don't say better-looking, different. Different. Because Borderlands is, is what? What sort of style is Borderlands? Borderlands is cell-shaded. <laughs> Excellent. There you go. <laughs> Where, um... How many years into the podcast are we? And few. I finally said that right. <laughs> Where Rage is very, um... It's beautiful. It's lush. Yeah. And you can see why it is. A, is it three discs or it's two th- discs? Well, it's three discs. But I think the third disc is multiplayer, but it's two discs for the game because there's a lot going on. And they actually recommend you load it onto your hard drive to well, work better, which I never did, and it worked fine for me. And I haven't either, but I can hear my Xbox chugging along as we're, as we're playing it. And mm. my Xbox is newer than yours, so I can imagine yours was probably yeah, grinding a little bit. Eh, just the fan just seemed to be going. It's been hot here lately, so mm. who knows? Yeah, so, yes, like I said, speaking of Rage and Borderlands, Yes, yeah, so we both actually picked up Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Which we held off for a long time. Considering how much we like Borderlands, it is quite surprising that we didn't jump on this earlier. Well, the reviews were never glowing. Like, Borderlands 2, we jumped on straight away, didn't we? So we didn't even wait for reviews on that one. No. And I don't know why we didn't jump. But because it wasn't made by the same team, maybe... Yeah, so this one is 2K Australia, and you can really tell the Australianness of it. There's a couple of characters that are Australians, and... Yeah. The accents are even strong for Australians, but I can imagine, you know, Americans playing it are probably thinking... I think they overdid it. Like, to be Australian, they they upped the ante of the ochre in that. But, um, yeah, I'm only... You're a lot further in than I am, I don't know, but... Well, I think we're level now, because I'd played a bit, and then we played together. Yep. And I think we've now surpassed the bit where I was up to. Okay, so... So I think we're we're about Very early days. Yeah, early days. Because I think it's a 30-hour game looking at how long to beat, where the other's around 60. So it's a shorter one than the other two. It's probably a good thing, though, because both of us kind of commented that we didn't like the whole oxygen thing that they've brought in on the moon, and it was like they've ran out of ideas of gameplay, so they've just added this extra mechanic to kind of make it a little bit harder. Mm. So instead of just running around the desert, now you have to find pockets of oxygen. Yeah. So it just stagnates the game a little... 
Yeah, a little bit. It's just another mechanic. It doesn't kill the game. It's just another element they've added to the game. And the fact you're on the moon, the gravity is different. So jumping and driving... Driving especially. ...is different. So that's what I liked about Rage, was the driving was like a normal car. Where Borderlands is one problem I have, because I spent so long in Borderlands, I've got used to the driving in it. Yeah. But it doesn't drive like your typical driving game in any other Yeah, game. whereas Rage... Feels like a driving game. One trigger to go forward, one trigger to brake. Kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Too early yet for Borderlands a pre-sequel, but so far it's fine. There was a little bit of talking. It seemed like, there was, as you said when we were playing, there was just too much story at the start. And maybe that's just setting up the game. Hopefully. Because there are a few new mechanics in there. And maybe. The, and I remember when we started Borderlands 2, we didn't like it compared to Borderlands 1 because of the changes. But then by the end of it, Borderlands 2 was better. Well, you got used to it. And then yeah. you go back to Borderlands 1 going, why doesn't it do this? Borderlands 2 is so much better because it <laughs> does it this way. So... As far as that goes, it's still too early. But we're, I mean, for the long haul on this one. Hopefully. Yeah, that's so far so good. Hmm. Well, I have been playing one other game on the Xbox. Yeah. And that is a little cheapy title I picked up for $5 in the sales before Christmas called Joyride Turbo. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, way back when they announced this was coming, I was actually pretty keen on it because it is an avatar racing game where mm-hmm. your little on-screen avatar is driving around in cars with stuff. And I thought, yeah, do Gary Newman? Yeah, that, in the that's, game? no, he's a pilot. No. <laughs> so, anyway, but your avatar is driving around in, in cars and you race around and unlock certain cars and extra you know, boosts and stuff. And I just thought it might be something fun that I could play with the kids. And it turns out that it is. My kids really love it. It's a shame. That would be great ending music to use in this episode. It would. But I think something's a bit more important to probably. put at the end of this one. But, yeah, I think you said you'd picked up Joyride as well. I, I haven't touched it, but I saw. I think I saw it cheap and said, oh, yeah, I'll grab that. Because I've got over 100 bucks in credit from gifts in the a- Xbox store at the moment. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to buy silly things. Mm, well, Not outfits, though. No. I think I've paid probably $2 for an Austin 316 t-shirt. I will Superman t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just Once enough. Yeah. But no, Joyride, I think when they first announced that it was going to be just an Avatar game, and then they brought out a Connect version, which by all accounts isn't that good, and now they've gone back to the idea of just having a controller-based Avatar one. And yeah, it's fun. Strangely, I'm finding it a bit more compelling than Borderlands. Wow. At one stage, I just started Borderlands, and my wife wasn't feeling 100%, so she went to bed, and I thought I'll stay up and play some gaming. And I thought, well, I could get stuck into Borderlands, or I could sit here for an hour and a half and play Joyride. So I did that with I played the, Joyride, had the, so, bo- yeah. the, the pool game, the virtual pool. Oh, yes. just made me angry in the end. I was like, I could go and do this, or I could just do another game of this. Mm. But the good thing with Joyride, I almost said the joy of Joyride, but I won't. But the good thing of Joyride is the fact that you there is collectibles as well. You can collect crates of car parts and as you as you collect more crates you unlock more cars so the collector in me decided that i would stay up for stupid o'clock in the morning and just drive around in the stunt track is there gambling no no you're like it's a shame <laughs> well that's one thing i didn't really do in rage but there is gambling in rage if you wanted to so that you might you might spend more time in the game so than now, now you've told me that I'm going to be uh, hanging out more to play more gambling. But anyway, <laughs> so yes. And yeah, other than that, that's pretty much my Xboxing. Yeah. My son has just decided that he wanted to start playing NBA Jam, my eight-year-old. So he's been playing a little bit of NBA Jam and I've been watching him. And Boom, shakalaka. Exactly. He loves the commentary 
And my five-year-old also loves the commentary, but he goes to bed earlier than my eight-year-old. And last night they were playing and the, the little one went to bed, only he didn't go to sleep. He just yelled at the top of his lungs from his, his room, repeatedly boom shakalaka until I eventually went in there about nine o'clock and went, it's too late for you to be yelling, you should go to sleep. But I don't know, there's something about the commentary in that game the kids just love. And I've never played it. He's picked it up just like that. He knows how to dunk, knows the turbo at the right times, everything. Yeah. And could Kids probably kick gaming. my ass in it now. So yeah. anyway, but yes, that's my Xbox gaming. Any other? Yes, Xboxing? I have been continuing. I think I've talked about Portal Two in the past, but we, ha- I finished the solo mission in Portal Two, which was rewarding. And I, we worked our way. My wife and I have worked our way through Portal Two, the multiplayer. Hmm. But it's fine. So I finished two games. Actually, there you go. And I started another one. I actually started this one before Rage, but it's slow. And that is Sherlock Holmes: Crime and Punishment. It's made by the guys who did the other Sherlock Holmes games I've talked in the past. Yep. This one's a little bit different, though, as opposed to one linear case. There's multiple cases. You you can't choose at the time. They all sort of follow on from each other. So I've done three cases so far. Or I'm on my third case, and it's kind of weird in that you do deductions now. They've done a good thing where you've got Sherlock vision now, which sort of makes sense where you walk in a room, you put the push the right shoulder button and you sort of get this Sherlock vision so you can see if something's missing or if something's important to look at. And that makes sense because the thing with Sherlock Holmes stories, they're not Agatha Christie books. <laughs> when Agatha Christie writes a book, all the clues are there and you, if you pick it up, you can figure it out. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes is not that. It's not a whodunit. Sherlock Holmes is the smartest man in the room. You do not know what he knows. And at the end, he'll tell you how it happens. You are never to know because it's not, you don't know the type of tobacco that he finds and all this sort of stuff. So you don't know his knowledge. So he is a freak in that way. Yeah. So they're not, like I said, they're not whodunits where you, you can figure it out. So if you are playing Sherlock Holmes in a game, like Batman, you don't have to be able to kick someone's ass. Batman can kick someone's ass. So if you walk into a room of Sherlock Holmes, you are going to be hyper alert and sensitive to things. So things should stick out to you as that's a clue. That's a clue. Oh, I know what that is. I know what that is. So I don't mind that as a mechanic. It's just very slow game because you walk around, you look, you put it all in a book. Then you got to go, all right, I'm going to go interview this guy now. So you just ask him a bunch of questions. There's a nice bit where you've got to pan around a character when you do a little breakdown of them. So you look at their eyes and their hands and this, and when it highlights over a certain body part, it'll go a different colour. So you push the A button and it brings up a oh, worker's hands, old suit, you know, repaired things. So it gives you the clues and then you have to make the decision? And this is the different one. The other one, it was just sort of you play it out. You can't really get it wrong. You just play going forward. This one is different where you get a bunch of clues together and you put them in your notepad and you sort of that. And then you sort of make deductions. So you grab, oh, there's two clues here. I'll put them together. So you got them floating around in this like cerebral cortex sort of thing. And you go, oh, that one and that one. And if they don't mix, they just go red and nothing happens. So it's like that one and that one. It's like, yeah, that's a match. So that and that means this deduction could happen. So then you get a few deductions going in this other cerebral cortex thing. And then they start connecting when you get more and more. And then it gets to a point where you can make a deduction. Now, in the first one I did, I think, I mean, you find that one, I, I accuse this guy of doing it for this reason and I can be lenient. So you sort of become an asshole and say, yeah, put him, put him in the chair or he was self-defense kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know if I got it right or that's just where I got to. It could have been someone else. I could have accused someone else in there, I think, if I did it a little bit different. So I, I'm not quite sure. So it doesn't tell you if you got it right. I, I got him arrested, but I was leaning and so he's <laughs> going to go down in a few years, but I, it could have been someone else. But that's 
that's how I got to it. Mm. But I don't know if I'm right. And that's the weird thing. It felt like, no, that's just my deduction. So it's it's okay, but it's slow. And it probably would be, I mean, it feels like a PC point-and-click game from 20 years ago. In a way that, yeah, you know, it's, it's you don't need a console for a game like this. Yeah. But the other one I, I enjoyed more so far, but I'm only like two or three cases in. Okay. And there's uh, 10 cases or something on this. So I'll stick with it, but... It was just a bit too slow for me. I wanted to shoot something in the head, so that's why I started Rage at the time. <laughs> and I haven't actually got back to it since, but it, it's... I do... I didn't enjoy the previous one, and I'm sort of getting into it now, and I'm going, all right, dum 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 You know, there's lockpicking you got to do, so there's little games, mini-games in it that way. So it's, it's enough to keep you interested. Yes, but the pacing is a bit slow. So depending on where it's at, maybe because it's so hot at the moment, you know, sitting, maybe I, I should be a game I like, being all lethargic and not wanting to do much, but it just didn't grab me enough. We're shooting people in the head much better. But yeah, okay. so that's that's it for me and um, the, the Xbox. Yes. So obviously you didn't get an X-Bone for Christmas? No, I didn't yeah, really want I, an X-Bone for Christmas. I, I kind of do. I did. I, I kind of do, but there's still not enough to make me jump yet. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I've still got plenty of games. Exactly. For $8 that I, I, yeah. Yeah, I've got so much that I don't need one and I don't want one for that reason. But. And a lot of the big name titles are still coming out on Xbox 360. Oh, like I Well, I got Rise of the Tomb Raider for my birthday, so I haven't actually started that yet, but by all accounts, it's the same game that's on the Xbox One, only the graphics aren't quite as good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Until there is something that comes out, maybe Gears of War 4, mm-hmm. there might be something that is the big clincher for me that would make me say, oh, I've finally got to do it. And they are getting cheaper, so I don't know. Yep. But so. then we'll, we'll lose our retro gaming 20-year-olds, you know, 20-year-old console game type people if we jump to the new console. But anyway, that's that's my console playing. Yep. Other than that, I have been doing a little bit of iOS gaming. Mm-hmm. I have finally got up to 5,000 matches on Supercard in Season 2, and I'm still going with that. But I've also found another card game that I've started playing called Tekken Card Tournament, Yep. which is based on the Tekken fighting game. Only it's more of your traditional card-based game, whereas like Supercard is trumps. This is the same as a proper card game. Like where well, I've never played Pokemon. I think it's a bit like your magic or stuff like that, where you you draw cards and they tell you it's a punch worth 20 points that does extra. If they do this action, this will give you extra points and stuff. It's a little bit in-depth, but I'm kind of enjoying it. I think I will stick with it. Although it is graphically quite heavy because the graphics in it are almost the same as the oh, full-on Tekken game, only it's you know turn-based. Whereas you, you level characters up? Yes, you do. So you got King and you just level the shit. King's not in it. Oh, I was a bit, it yeah, I was a bit devastated. I'm using Paul, the dude with the big hair, but yeah, I was I was unhappy that King wasn't in it. But yeah, you draw cards and they basically you can focus, which is drawing your cards. You can block or you can strike, and it's just a matter of working out how many cards you've got to have and when to strike and when to block. So there's a bit of strategy involved, but yeah, graphically it runs. When they show the animations of the striking and stuff, it, it runs pretty much like the way you would watch. Tekken on a console, so it just churns through your battery in your iPad. But, yeah. And it was free, mm. so that was good. Well, I'm playing a free game on my iOS too, so Spellfall I have not touched. Yeah. Um, but I am playing WWE Champions, which is WWE Wrestling, but as a match three battle game. So, like your puzzle quests and yeah. those sort of games. So, you get characters. Now, this is where I need you to play it so you can explain 
the minutia of the game because I don't understand these things. So you get characters and you level them up and you play. But like you play in a tournament to say like NXT or Monday Night Raw or something like that and it gets harder as you go through. You go play. You have a first fight, then a second fight and they get harder and harder. Now, I was just not getting past the first round. Like my characters are so underdone then I felt, oh, got to level them up. Okay. So I'm leveling them up. That's fine. You can spend money to revive or spend money to um, upgrade or buy new cards. Well, cards, but characters. So I really want Goldust, but I haven't got him yet. But there's rewards <laughs> for different challenges and those sort of things. But So I've got John Cena and Undertaker on my most da, 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 da. And yeah, so you have three colours that are your big moves, just say. So John's, <laughs> John Cena's yellow, green, and red. So if you match three of those, because there's black, green, yellow, red, purple, blue, and loot sort of thing. So it sounds so a lot you, like Puzzle Quest. Yeah. So you match all them up and you have a bar down the middle. So it, it starts in the middle and if you do 30 damage, it moves across towards their side okay. doing damage and you move back and forth and your health goes down by that damage that you do. So different characters do different damage with different colors. So if I use like a purple and match three purple, that might be worth 30 each. But if I match black, it might be worth 78 and things like that. So okay. there's certain colors that do more damage to using that character and if you fill up your bar with green just if you've got your three colors that are your colors for that character then you get a power move so with that you can go all right i'm gonna do that so you do this big power move the graphics happens and bang you do a clothesline and you pin them and when you get pinned you have to get a score of points to break the pin so you might have to get 500 points to get out so you do you got three moves to get 500 points worth of thing to break the pin yeah so when you get the health down enough to zero and then you get the level bar all the way to the right or to yeah which is their end then you can pin them okay so there's a lot going on for a very simple game and I mean I just like playing with my incredibly leveled up John Cena to and beating very underpowered other teams so I feel like I'm good but I get my ass kicked yeah so I'm I'm not quite understanding that minutia of when and how to use my skill points to push up and everything and there's another mini game in will I be able to finish this game before the battery runs out because god does this (laughs) suck the shit out of batteries like I'm holding the phone and it is fucking hot like it is that like like you said the graphics it's like taken I know this one it just it's highly graphics intensive and it's hot and the battery you're just watching it go down so that's a good thing (laughs) it means I don't play it much and because I die pretty quickly I get a few games in and then have to stop so it's not too encroaching on my life Mm. and fun enough but it's something you can play while you're watching TV yes well that's a nice segue to take us into television I knew I saw where you were going. <laughs> I, I telegraphed just, that move, and I just wanted to drink. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk wrestling to start with. I have been watching a little bit of wrestling, being the fact that it has been the big time of year for Japanese wrestling. Mm-hmm. Japanese, you know, the New Japan promotion in Japan, being New Japan in Japan, <laughs> they Very always so. have a big show—not the big show, but a big show—around early January, fourth January show. At Tokyo Dome, and this year was Wrestle Kingdom 10, and they actually did a stream of it with English commentary, which they have done the last couple of years, 
which makes it a, a bit more entertaining because you can understand what's going on. I like it without. It is kind of good without. You sort of just uh, get this weird passion. You don't know why, but it's just the enthusiasm comes through. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But they've um, they've done a bit of a talent swap deal or a talent linking deal with Ring of Honor. So they had Kevin Kelly, who's one of the Ring of Honor commentators, and Matt Stryker, who's the Lucha Underground commentator, and I think it was Yoshi Tatsu, who's an ex-WWE. Is that a character from Soul Calibur? Maybe. That's Yoshimitsu. Huh. But no, they had a Japanese dude that was popular in America that they've got in to give his Japanese insight on the commentary. But most of the matches had non-Japanese people in, except for the, a couple of the main events. But there were some Aren't really... all main events? It could have been. It was... No, I, mean, I mean, this is bigger than well, WrestleMania yeah. you know, ideas. Like, WrestleMania is one company that goes out and this is the... Super Bowl of their year of storylines, blah, blah, blah. But this is a combination of different... Or is it all just New Japan? It's mainly New Japan okay. with a few uh, Ring of Honor title matches thrown in as well. So they had Jay Lethal defending his Ring of Honor title against another Ring of Honor guy. And they had like a lot of the Ring of Honor tag team people who are also big in Japan as well. Like Tom Like Lance. Tom Lance <laughs> joining up for you know, matches. But yeah, from, from start to finish, it's a four and a half hour pay-per-view. Not one bad match. No. There was one match that I thought was going to be a bit slow, and then it turned out to be the stiffest match that I've ever seen. It was just two dudes that got in there and just went, all right, we're not going to put on, you know, airy-fairy sort of high-flying show. We're just going to smack each other Japanese strong style. And some of the shots in it were just Did you watch it in one go? No. I I was trying to watch it late in the evening, and I fell asleep just before the main event, so I thought... I'm going to stop and I'm going to watch the, the main event the next day. And the main event itself went for like 40 minutes with all the interest so and hype and stuff. So you watched most of it though in one day? Yeah. Well, who's got that time? Well, it was late at night. I started at like 10 o'clock at night and it was 1 o'clock in the morning, I think. Was my math set up? But yeah, it was it was quite late in the, in the evening. And it was one of those things where I thought, oh, I'll just watch a couple of matches and then I'll go to sleep. But I was just hooked and I had to stick with it. Okay. So yeah, I watched the opening match because a few people on Twitter were talking it up. And well, that's the, as far as I got so far. The opening match was a four-way tag team featuring the Young Bucks, who I think are probably the indie darlings of wrestling at the moment, and a couple of other guys, uh, Matt Seidel, who was Evan born in WWE, and Ricochet was his tag team partner, who wrestles under a mask in Lucha Underground as Prince Puma, and just some of the high-flying stuff they did was phenomenal. So, yeah, cool. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've been watching a few other things, and there's one thing we've been watching together that I will mention in a moment. Not I, together, not like we're watching... We're both watching Holding each it. other's hands no. we're watching it on the couch, no. I've been watching a bit more American Horror Story. We're yeah. almost at the end of the latest season of that, and I will say it gets gorier, even yeah. though it was pretty fucking gory at the start. Okay. It gets even gorier, and not even long gorier. <laughs> it gets even gorier, and Lady Gaga just won a... Golden Globe, Globe too. It. Much to Leonardo DiCaprio's chagrin. <laughs> well, where's your Oscar, Leo? Yeah. yeah. But no, the, the latest few episodes have been really good, and the music in it, if you like your 80s goth sort of metal. Susie and the Banshees. I don't think they've had much Susie and the Banshees. They've had a lot of Sisters of Mercy. They had a bit of Depeche Mode. They had Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order was in one episode. And yeah, Ryan Murphy's just picked perfectly with the music if he's the one that's actually doing it. But yeah, I highly recommend that. And another thing I've been watching, an older show that was on ABC here. It's a couple of years old. It's a quiz show called Pointless that's on sort of six o'clock at night on the ABC. 
Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like reverse family feud where they get contestants and they have to answer. They, they like answer, ask a hundred people an answer to a question and they have to get the lowest scoring answer. And the idea is to get an answer that no one else picked to get a pointless answer and you win sort of thing. And I don't know what it is. It's that typical English humor. They have a host asking the questions. Then they have this nerdy guy with glasses. That's the like adjudicator that tries to crack jokes and stuff. And some of the jokes are just so painful, but it's very funny. Okay. So, yes, I've been watching A lot of those English game shows, and they're just terrible. They're just for nothing. Literally for nothing. Well, this one's for nothing, and it's called Pointless. And when they win, you win the Pointless Championship. Is it or you win celebrities? Or, no, no. They, apparently they did do a celebrity okay. series, but this is just, you know. Because you've got the shows like QI or whatever, where there's almost a game show, but there's nothing. Yeah. For it, but that's all just celebrities who can make the funniest joke. But this is actually a game. No, this show is actually a game show with yeah, you know, just average man. So off I the used street. to watch that letters and numbers, and they won a dictionary. <laughs> that's what you win. You'd, you'd be happy to lose because you don't have to take it home because it's that big dictionary, you know, a three kilo dictionary yeah. thing. That's what you win. Well, with this, if you get to the final, you get a trophy, which is like this etched plastic looking thing, uh, which they call the pointless trophy, and it looks pretty pointless. But you also have a chance to win. Has it got a point? A jackpot? Or is it round? No, it's square. No, it has got four <laughs> it's points. Pointless, so no, it's oh, got it is, four yes. points. It but should no, be round. Um, they, they can win. Like, the jackpot goes up every week if no one, or every episode if no one gets it. So I think one of the episodes they were up to like five pound, uh, five thousand pounds. Oh, so there's dollars so attached. Right yeah, now. it's real money. But yeah, it's just typically Almost. English. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. A lot of the questions that they ask, I sit there and my wife, when they come up with a topic like, what was it the other day? It was name uh, an English player that's been sent off during the FA Club or something in the last 10 years. And, you know, not being a huge fan of English soccer, I had no idea. But the people that are on there obviously know this sort of stuff. But anyway, yeah. That's kind of fun. And sticking with the English stuff, I have watched Charlie Brooker's 2015 one. I don't believe you watched it without me. Well, because I thought you would have watched it. I didn't even know it was out. But unlike other years, I really didn't think that much of well, this we, episode. We didn't think much of last year's either. It's gotten worse, and maybe this, the the shine's taken off him a little. We know... It's like you know when once you know the sausage made, but we sort of understand his humour now, and we know the sort of joke he's going to hit. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're going to make this sort of joke now, and he does. So yep. it's, a, it's a bit predictable, as opposed to shocking when we first saw it, I think. But yeah. I haven't seen this year, so I can't say. There was a little bit different to other years. They didn't have Doug Stanhope, which is probably a good thing. They still had Barry Shitpeas and Philomena Kunk doing their little Excellent. bits, and they were the standouts of the show. And the other thing that I really got a bit of a... I, I would say a chuckle, but I, I thought it was interesting, was the fact that there was the whole David Cameron pig scandal yeah. earlier in the year. And in the first series of Black Mirror, there's the, the episode with the pig and the Prime Minister. And Charlie Brooker basically sort of goes, I didn't know this. I didn't, you know, I just made this up. I had no inside information. And it was good just seeing his take on, on that I story. Last year, he did the Weekly Wipe, which yep. was a six episode series early in the year where he did the same sort of thing, but just based on the week. Yeah. And then when it got to the yearly wipe, the first part of that was stuff we already knew. Yeah. So because that sort of tainted last year, I think. And I think the weekly wipe was better because it was weekly. They sort of had to go somewhere. When when you've got a whole year, it's almost, you know, some gags might be throwaway in the weekly one because they've only got a week to write this. Let's yep. get it out. Where when you've got a year, let's they maybe massage it a little bit too much and this and that. And it doesn't have that rawness that the weekly wipe had. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So it was, it was good, but I wouldn't say it was good as previous years. Okay. Maybe it's a shit year. Maybe. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I will let you jump into some TV and then All we'll right. talk about the one that we've both yes, watched. Well, I'm going to talk about two Netflix shows. First one is Jessica Jones or Marvel's Jessica Jones, which is the it's set in the Marvel universe, like Daredevil, like which I've talked about in the past. I think I finished it. In yes, yep. So um, yeah, I uh, I'm going to say I like this more than Daredevil, but. Daredevil, I thought, dragged on a bit. Like, it's 12 episodes long. It could have easily been eight. And I could say the same for Jessica Jones. First half of it, I thought it was great. I thought, this is much better than Daredevil. Dragged on a little bit again. So make it ten, eight to ten episodes. It would have been tight. It would have been awesome. David Tennant's great as Kilgrave, or the Purple Man in the comic. It's based on the comic called Alias, which is set in Marvel Universe. Nothing to do with the J.J. Abrams series. And it was a nasty like it was the adult or mature line of comics they bought out a adults line where they could swear and things like that and like the first word panel is fuck in the comic so like just to prove that well this is this is Edgy. mature and yeah really good it's about a girl who has superpowers but she never became a superhero in the comic she became a superhero but she gave up because she was not good enough in, and she became a detective and she's just a, a drunk detective so sort of in that noir style sort of thing where this one she's got superpowers where she can jump quite high and she's strong mm. that, that's about it and she's the hard drinking detective who's had a way uh, a past and in the series you sort of see the past she had her parents are dead and also a terrible situation which I won't spoil if you haven't seen with character Kilgrave who's a nasty piece of work and it, it just really plays with the head there's a lot of elements in it that are great if you like nasty things it just a little bit too long and the thing with Netflix releasing everything at once is kind of cool but the guys on iFambo were talking about it and they didn't like it because they watched The Jinx last year and they go The Jinx wouldn't have been as good if it came out in one go all the episodes came out what happened with the jinx was it built each week more people were talking about it so you watch the next episode to see what are you going to see this week and it built and built and built and by the time I got to the last episode everyone was talking about it everyone was watching it yeah when they released Jessica Jones in one go people go out and mainline it other people take a while I took to the Christmas period before I could finally finish it yeah so I can't talk to you about it because you're not watching it weekly. Yeah, you haven't maybe, started it. Yeah, but and you might be at a different point in the yeah, series. So everyone's yeah. different. So you don't have that element. Like I know there was one guy out there got a podcast out that week. He went and mainlined it. It was like, are you doing it because your dick's really small? Like you, you want to be the first person to talk about it because I can't listen to it till I finished it. Yeah. So well done, you. It's like you your dick's that. awesome. Well done. <laughs> that sort of thing. So it's it's. It's good that it's there for people if you want to watch it straight away and those sort of things, but it just you don't get that group mentality of watching it like you do with other shows. Yeah, and that is the trouble of the you know everything available at once mentality. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, because on my other podcast, Geek Juice, we talked about Dead. We were all at different spots. Yeah, because if it was weekly, we probably would be up to date together and we could discuss it. But we couldn't do it with Daredevil. Yeah. And then I was way ahead of them on Jessica Jones because they weren't keeping up. So it was just like, eh, where, you know, when it comes to Arrow or Flash and those sort of yep. things, we're yeah, generally yeah. on the same page. You're more network stuff. Yeah, so that, that was interesting. And the other one I watched is Making a Murderer, which is a Netflix documentary series, which is 10 episodes long. First episode is about this guy who goes to jail for raping a woman. And it starts off talking about this case where this guy, it's in a town called Manitowoc in wisconsin and it's a small country town or whatever and he's got this guy Stephen avery he was arrested for doing something to his cousin as in like threatening his cousin or whatever but she was married to a sheriff's deputy or something so he got 
the book thrown at him and all this sort of stuff. Then, not long after, was this rape, and the woman was describing who raped her, and they're going, that sounds like Stephen Avery. So then it just became, oh, Stephen Avery did it. They didn't really investigate. He got done. You know, the evidence was against him as far as the weight of pressure from the police to put him away. So he ended up doing 18 years in jail for this, and then, thank God, to some appeal at um, like people helping you yep. know those communities advocates Advoc- yes um they did the dna test and they didn't have back then and it wasn't him it was this other guy and he got out so it became a big deal this is the first episode so 18 years in jail finally got out went through all this sort of stuff and i going into this i heard that he went to jail didn't do it was let out then murdered someone <laughs> and he got out that's what i heard so i said what's the story and making a murder it's like did they make him a murder in prison is that what happened and this is the first episode he's out it's like hang on there's a lot more obviously story here and what happened was he came out and then there was a murder or a woman went missing and her last contact was at the avery's place where they owned a car yard not a car yard for selling cars but parts so it's a it's a bunch of a junkyard. Ju- oh, only cars though. So yeah, auto parts and yeah. And she was a photographer for a car trader magazine. So she was going there to take a photo of a car, and that was her last appointment for the day, and that's the last time she was ever seen. Mm-hmm. So he was put up for murder on this woman, like he was the only suspect they ever looked at. And you're going through the case of how and why, and end up being arrested for it because they found evidence or whatever. But the next eight episodes is the court case, the trials, the finding of evidence, the this and that for this guy. And it's just you're watching it, just going, this is just shocking. This is wrong. This is not fair. This is everything. And they keep every episode getting more of it. Going, how many more episodes can you fuck this guy over? <laughs> so it, it's tragic in a way mm. but um you're just going wow it's just just wow so yeah that, that was my both of those shows were very heavy and um not uplifting in any way shape or form i i, I think this doco they were filming for five years or something because the court cases went on that long oh, okay if not 10 and I, I think they were hoping for a happier ending than they got makes me want to watch it it's um yeah it's it's, it's very well done it's it's good but yeah it's it's okay there was no jinx though no confession? No. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, another program that we have both watched, I'm a lot further in from than you because I have actually finished the first season, and that's Mr. Robot. And Arigato, Mr. Robot. Yeah. The Sticks Biopic, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Is. And, yeah, this is something that I'd heard a few reviews of. That would have been a good song to put at the end, too. It would have been. Yeah. We're not going to that. Oh. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd heard some really good stuff about this, but I didn't really know a lot about it. All I knew was that it was about hackers and stuff, and that Christian Slater was in it. And I had it, you know, just sitting on the hard drive at home, and I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. And my wife and I decided we would watch, like, one episode, and we ended up watching four episodes in one night. and wow. then pretty much finished the rest of the season in the course of the rest of the week it's only a 10 or 12 episode season i think it's 12 but it's it's not a long season but it's been a lot of much longer no we're only four episodes in but yeah it drags well it's a slow burn and first 10 minutes though was one of the best first 10 minutes i've seen of anything i love that first 10 minutes yeah yeah some some of it is just really really well done in fact most of it is really well done and but there is like as i said the fourth episode i didn't enjoy that much well, you, you warned me on that so watched, it wasn't that bad there, there's like a, a dream sequence episode that i didn't really like because the story didn't progress very much but by the time you get to the end of you the last through breaking bad season true. two or three actually it's 10 episodes because there's a massive reveal in episode nine actually episode eight there's a massive reveal at the end of that it leads into something that happens in episode nine and then episode 10 is like the payoff of everything so 
as you haven't seen it, I'm not going to go spoilery. Excellent. But there is a couple of massive twists in it that really well done. Okay. And there's a homage to a movie that is similar, but I'm not going to go any spoilery. I could that. guess. Yes. But anyway, the, the whole premise is that Elliot is a Super autistic hacker. sort of drug-riddled hacker that's on morphine that just hacks into people's lives and, and stuff. But unlike other movies with hacking in them, like your Matrix or Hackers itself back in the 90s, it, I just find that the computer side of things is more realistic. Mm. Like, I, I'm not a huge IT person, but if I'm looking at a you know a 3D render of something and you see artificial hands moving boxes around like Minority Report, you know that's not what real hacking's going to look like. No, it's like in Jurassic Park where she's got a mouse mousing over buttons. <laughs> but no, in, in this, when, he, when he's doing his hacking and stuff, it's it is just, yeah, it's like DOS prompts and code and stuff, and it, it just looks more realistic. And a lot of the stuff they talk about, I'm not sure if it is real or not, no, it's very smart. It's but yeah, very it's, smart it's just really well done and well acted, well put together. And Christian Slade is pretty much Happy Harry Hardon from Pump Up the Volume. Yeah, really much. 20 years on. Yeah, exactly. This is where it, what he became. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there, yeah, some of the other characters, the supporting cast in it, are really well done as well. Other than Christian Slater, I don't think there's any known actors in this. I, I, I didn't recognise it. The guy that plays Elliot was in... Night of the Museum, he plays like the the Pharaoh kid. But other than that, I don't know him from anything. But I highly recommend it, and I think you should stick with it. So I, I will, can, we will. Just, so I can talk to you about the second is, last it episode. It's just heavy, though. It it's is, not yeah. fun. No. Because sometimes like, the wife and I will be sitting there watching going, yeah, let's find something lighter. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not lighthearted. I mean, it's not heavy as in going to slit your wrist, but it's just slow and drawn and just doesn't look like a normal tele- like your usual television show like the way they film it like yeah. the way they set the shots you know people are out of not out of focus but like you know when you've got a TV screen yep. they'll put the person in the centre of the screen or a, yeah they frame the shots a bit frame it weird like someone would be down the bottom corner of a shot and there's just this wasted space of a wall behind them for no reason it's just it just feels different so it's like a David Fincher if you did a TV it is, show. it's filmed more like a movie than it is a TV show mm. and this is the same network that does like Psych and White Collar and all that it's yeah. like it's weird, but anyway. But no, yeah, I no, highly recommend it, and excellent. it has been picked up for a second season. So Sweet. I'm quite happy about that. Sweet. Oh, I think that's probably. Right, so it's filmed like a movie, you say. It is filmed like a movie. Well, that's a nice house for a segue <laughs> to talk about movies, shall we? Yes. All right. Have you been to the movies and seen something called Star Wars: Fork Away? Fork Away. <laughs> I have seen Fork Away. <laughs> is that the Japanese version? Yes. Yes. Racist. I don't know. How spoilery do you want to go into Force Awakens? I would say we're in the middle of January. Most people that would have seen it, that want to see it, probably have All right. Have all right. Well, all right. We're up to this time. We'll say five minutes, Grace. All right. We're going to spoil. All right. Fast forward for five minutes if you want to spoil. If you want it. No, if you, you don't want If it. you don't want it spoiled. If, if you, you want, want it spoiled, spoil, stay right here. Yes. I love Force Awakens. Spoilers. It, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, it felt like a real movie. It didn't feel like... The prequels didn't feel like they fitted in. Didn't feel like Star Wars. Didn't feel like Star Wars. Where this... Because it is so much like it's the exactly first Star Wars, like Star Wars. <laughs> it just feels like Star Wars. Yeah, the characters feel felt real. There's a couple of quite major CGI characters in it, mm-hmm. but they didn't feel fake. They felt fleshed out. Yep, well put together. There was a few bits in it that I was quite enjoyed at the time, but then looking back at it now, I think to myself, "Well, why did they bother doing that?" Like C-3PO's red arm, I love and that. the fact that he comes out with a line. <laughs> I love that line. You probably didn't recognise me with my red arm. <laughs> and another podcast Selling I was listening toy. to was said the reason they've given a red arm is just so people will buy another C-3PO figure and I think that's very cynical but it's no, I love the line though I'm not <laughs> buying a thing but I love the line 
But yeah, some of it just felt right. But then when you think about it, it's kind of like, well, would they, you know. The, all right, so Poe Dameron, the pilot, yep. rescues Finn. Finn and somehow gets lost in the crash when they crash their TIE fighter. Yep. And then when they meet up again later, they're all hugging each other and they're like, oh, I didn't think I'd ever see you again. But, you know, they've only just met each other. Would they be that friendly with each other? They love each other. And he was wearing his jacket. And it looked better. And he, <laughs> bottom, he bit his bottom lip when he looked at him and they're going, no, you keep it, it looks good. Yes. But it's just amazing that it is a female character and a minority actor carrying this film. And mm-hmm. people said it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yet there's no figures for Ray. They're coming out next month. Oh, I'm sure they are. Anyway. Seriously. Did we do much spoilering in our spoiler warning? I don't know. Plot-wise, it is so much like the original Star Wars. It's pretty much the same. Someone on the desert gets found, has powers, and they blow up a Death Star at the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there is the other big spoiler. Do we want to go that spoilery? Uh, we don't need to talk about it unless you want to talk about your emotions. I, all right, so a major character from Star Wars dies. It was kind of obvious. Oh, as soon as there was a goodbye scene not long before, I'm like, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. All right, we are definitely going to spoil who this all person right. is. So, yes, when Han dies, you could tell it was going to happen. You had the Kylo Ren scene, and it's like, you need to help me do what I need to do. I'll, I'll do what I need to do, so I need to kill you. But the way Harrison Ford, he wanted to be killed off in, Empire, in Return, Return of the Jedi. Jedi yep. He did not want to do this anymore. The fact they got him back, I thought, why is he doing this? The fact that he had his aeroplane crash. He doesn't want to do these movies. He's trying to kill himself in real life to get out of these movies. Yep. And now he's doing all the promotions and advertising for I was like, yeah. So early on, he was having so much fun. I'm yeah, thinking, and it was like they're, they're getting all their money's worth yeah, now he because is, he's not going to be around he much is longer. Gone. So I early on in the movie, I thought Harrison's gone. I mean, I predicted this yeah. on Geek Juice podcast months ago that he's going to die. We talked about it a lot. There was yeah. a lot of speculation. So I was expecting it a lot, and it was like the more things happen in the movie, the more it's like, yep, he's going to go. He's going to go. And when the scene happens, you're like, yep. There's just no way around it. No. That's it. It's like, why walk out on that little platform gantry. thing, gantry, with no guide ropes, no like, mm-hmm. balconies or anything, and you think, yep, he's going up. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, but what I think is a great movie and why it works is because it's a movie with so many masters that had to please. Yep. And it did it. The thing with The Phantom Menace and the prequels, the fans were there who wanted a new Star Wars film. They got given a new Star Wars film. It wasn't what most people wanted. No. Now, I could argue that it's not for me because I'm not a 12-year-old kid anymore. When I saw those movies, I wasn't a 12-year-old kid. You could also argue that 12-year-old kids don't want to hear about trade embargoes so, and taxation. So, it, it's a strange movie and you could easily fault it. You can easily pick things through the, the, the prequels. Yeah. But it sold a lot of toys. Kids got into it. The Clone Wars TV show, kids love. Like, that is their Star Wars. A lot of people watch that so they've spent five seasons watching the adventures of Anakin and Obi-Wan and all these other characters yep. so that's their Star Wars yeah, exactly. where my Star Wars was re-watching Star Wars Empire Return of the Jedi repeatedly and playing with the toys Yeah. so going to the prequels going just a bunch of characters that I care about and you realise Jedi's are fucking boring because yeah. there's things I don't know it's like alright so they've gone and made brown dressing gowns Jedi clothes right that was just what Obi-Wan was wearing in Star Wars is that a Jedi outfit it wasn't at the time or was that just what Obi-Wan was wearing well Obi-Wan was the last Jedi wasn't he yeah so and, and I suppose Yoda was wearing a brown dressing gown as well but that's what they were wearing so when they go back and they, they got this Jedi cancel that no one you know they're all wearing brown dressing gowns it's like they're fucking boring no wonder people like Darth Vader <laughs> You know, so it, it, it's just, and they can't have sex, and they just all they do is talk, and they can't do this, and you can't do that, and Jedi suck. Yeah, you know, Jedi's are really dull. You know, no wonder the Sith's more appealing. So that's why the, our original trilogy, 
there's one Jedi in it and the idea's there and Luke's not a good Jedi he's, he's towards the end he's a bad guy in a way that he's yeah, abusing well, Jedi powers exactly. and all this sort of stuff he's wearing black by the end of it you know maybe he's turned you don't know all that sort of stuff so the Jedi story is actually dull and the fact that it's meant to be 30 years before and yet you get to someone like Han Solo who's who would have been alive when the Sith the Clone Wars happened yeah yet I've never heard this Jedi mumbo jumbo I've never seen it's like that's a fucking Jedi cancel at the middle of Coruscant so what? stuff like that which George did was wrong like have you not watched your movies you're contradicting your own story and that, see that was another thing that I picked up in the latest movie looking back at the prequels and the fact that R2-D2 is like Queen Amidala's yeah. a little astromech droid and he's now in this new one so he's like 60 year old tech Mm-hmm. But yet he's still more operational by the end of it. Yep. And it's like, well, surely he would have been replaced by a BB-8. Well, BB-8 he, he is, but yeah. Well, it's just strange. So the prequels just missed their steps in a lot of ways, where there was no masters except George. It's his baby. He can do whatever the hell he wants to. You know, if he wants to paint his car pink, he can paint his car pink. It's his car to paint. So I'm not angry at George for making bad movies. It's just like, yeah, they're not movies I'm interested in. I've bought your DVDs. That's it. You're done. He goes and sells it. Disney go and make it. Now, they get JJ to make a film. Now, like I said, they've got a lot of masters. The Disney has to make money. They spent $4 billion on this franchise. They're going to make it back. So they got to, he's got to appease Disney. He's got to appease the established Star Wars fans. Yep. People who have been burnt by the prequels. They've, they love the original. We want to come back. He's also got to appease new fans. This might be the you know your kid's first outing to see Star Wars kids at the movies. You know? Yeah. So he's got to appease them as well. There's so many people he's got to please. And it's like he could go out there and make the biggest tribute ex- extrapolation on the original trilogy and forget everybody else. And he would make one of them happy. Or he can make something for the kids again, which is like George did with the prequels, but then you're going to piss off the old fans. Yeah. He made a movie that worked for everybody. It's exactly. made us billions of dollars. It's, it's got the new kids people in. It's got the old people in. Everyone's happy. A lot of people saying it's a bit like the original. It's like, well, yes, because he's brought you back. Yeah. So now the next movie can be whatever the hell it wants because exactly. he got this one out of the way. Yeah. So this one's done. Everyone's happy. Whatever happens now, it doesn't matter. The problem with the prequels is first one was a bit shit. Everyone goes, maybe the next one will be better. And the next one was a bit shit. It's like, maybe you'll get it right with the third one. And the third one was a bit shit too. Yeah. But with the prequels also, we knew where it was heading. It's like, it's all about Anakin becoming Darth. We know this story. How's it going to happen? Yeah. And it was like, that's it. <laughs> so, well, yeah, and it where, was that whole big payoff of him falling in the lava and the Emperor going, um, rise, Lord Vader, and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. uh, okay. Where this one, it doesn't matter now. You did, yeah, what you didn't we know had, where it was going. This, this was great in the fact that we all right. It was very smartly done. Is that we were introduced to Finn, Poe, and Ray and BB-8, which is the new characters, yeah. and Kylo, all in the first 25 half hour. Yeah. And we are into those characters. Yeah, exactly. It's not like we're waiting. We know Han and Chewie turn up. We're not waiting for them because he does such a good job establishing these new characters that you are in. I'm, I'm sold on these characters. I'm happy watching this movie. When Han and Chewie do turn up, fuck yeah. Yeah, there's a big pop though, isn't yeah. there? But it didn't matter that they did. It's not like I was waiting for it. It was sort of like, oh... You know, where with the Phantom Menace, you're waiting for Darth Maul to turn up because you want something to happen. Yeah. And when he does, it's like, that was it. But yeah, so he did a great job establishing the new guard before bringing in the old guard, where you could have easily pandered and sort of like bring in the new, the, the every, all the familiar stuff at elements going, oh, oh yeah, here's a this, here's a that. Like the Millennium Falcon, when you first time you see that, it's fuck yeah. When they pop a lightsaber, you know, it's, it just picks his moments beautifully. Like it does everything right, but it sets up the tone for the next movie going, I have no idea where it's going. Yeah, and I'm exactly. looking forward to it because I don't know. 
where yeah, it like it answered a few questions, but it it still threw out a lot of other questions that you're waiting for the answer. And thankfully, we've only got what two years to wait for less. The uh, yeah, year and a half. Good. So, um, and the thing is, the whole fun thing with you know everyone's whinging, where's Luke? Is Luke in it? He's Kylo Ren. He's not in the trailers. Where's Luke? And the opening part of the crawl, Luke, <laughs> Luke Skywalker <laughs> is missing. It's like, well, fucking wait, people, just 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 chill, and all will be revealed. So yeah, it was beautiful marketing. Did everything right. They fucked up on the whole Ray toys thing, but maybe it's genius marketing because everyone's cracked the shit. saying everyone's talking oh, about it. I'm not buying any toys because there's no Ray. And I mean, I got friends on Twitter going, well, I want to buy toys, but I'm not going to buy any because there's no Ray. I want to buy Ray, but you do have anything there to buy well guess what next month there's a shitload of Ray toy coming out so you better open your fucking wallet because you've talked about it and you better fucking open it now because you said you would you better fucking do it so I think it's good marketing it's getting it out there because everyone's saying where's Ray here she is because there's the normal size figures the super deformed figures the gun the little handgun everything coming out next month I think that was a Lego Ray because you could get the Ray figures you could get the uh, Ray speeder or whatever it was I think there's plenty of Rays out it's just Probably not on the shelves, but there's probably, probably li- not as many produced as Kylo figures and things like Maybe that. Maybe they just sold out straight away and everyone had the uh, other figures left behind. That could be the case. Yeah. But anyway. It's just like, fuck you. <laughs> All right, that's probably enough Star Wars. Yeah, we have really you, haven't said much about no, it. Yet. Have you um, had any other cinema visits? No. All right. No. I've watched a couple of older movies at home. Yeah. One of them, I should mention that it's an old movie that everyone should have seen, and my wife finally decided that it's been long Star enough. Star Wars, A New Hope. No. no. We watch Good Will Hunting. Oh, and I, I think... Like them apples. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this might actually be a regular feature on the podcast from now on. Once a month, I'm going to watch a movie that I should have watched already. So we did it briefly last month, uh, last year with Shawshank Redemption that I finally got around to watching. Mm-hmm. So Good Will Hunting. Yep. I can't believe that I had never seen this movie. I can. You really? Yeah. You were watching wrestling. Uh, probably. <laughs> I don't know, but... It was totally of its time. It's a, a very... Was it 98, 90... Late 90s, yeah. Yeah. It's very much like that. Matt Damon is just great. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck is better than you expect him to be. And he starts off being just a bit of a dick. And then he has that one line where he just justifies the whole Matt Damon getting up and moving on with his life. And he's okay with that. It's like he gives him permission to do it. Yeah. Robin Williams was spectacular. Amazing. Stellan Starsgard, or however he pronounces his name, was still acting and not being a goofy character like he is in Thor and there's not really much I can fault about this movie nope. so yes I'm very glad I watched it another movie that did I did watch listen to the Shooting the Pooh podcast our Robin Williams tribute where we talked about Goodwill Hunting I did mention it didn't inspire to it. you to watch it, it? not then no oh, I don't know we why. gushed I'm sure we gushed oh, I'm sure you did too but another movie that I was holding out on not quite as old as Goodwill Hunting that I went back and watched Spy I don't know why you're holding out on no not that well, I mentioned that now you mentioned it yeah we, I had Spy just I think it was on Fox Style, and we thought, oh, we'll give it a go. We liked The Heat you with Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. She's Cousin. better. Isn't they? Yeah. Okay. All right. She was actually in Go. There's one scene where they go to talk to someone, and they're, they're looking for someone, and they're not home, and the roommate answers the door, and that's Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. But anyway, digressing. I previously liked The Heat, mm-hmm. and this is directed by the same dude that did The Heat, also starring Melissa McCarthy. And Melissa McCarthy is kind of like a, a desk jockey that is the partner of Jude Law, who's a spy. And something happens to Jude Law, so Melissa McCarthy goes out in the field to do her bit. And it is a lot funnier than it should be. I've heard that. But Jason Statham is this typical English hard thug spy that doesn't like the idea of a woman being out in the field, and he just steals the show. Okay. He has the best lines. And, yeah, there, there's some bits in it that are just phenomenal, just good funny lines okay 
But yes, anyway, I watched Spies, but I recommend that. But another movie that I was holding out on that I kind of wanted to hate, and I didn't hate it quite as much as I thought I would, and that's Pixels. So my wife and my son had gone to the cinema to see it when it was out, and now that it's out on DVD, he decided that it should be our family Christmas movie. So on Christmas night, after we had a big Christmas lunch and stuff in the afternoon, we chucked on Pixels. And it's not terrible. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not good, but it's not terrible. Mm -hmm. Really, the only really bad thing about it is Peter Dinklage. Oh. as the fire blaster but obviously something in it works because my eight-year-old was playing lego the other day and he had like a little lego man with the fire you get with the fireman in each hand and he was dancing around going i'm the fire blaster and doing the same voice that peter english does okay. but the concept is they've sent a time capsule out into space from the 80s with all the video games and tv and stuff that they were watching at the time and aliens find it and think that it's a invitation to war so they come down and use the video game characters to take on humans Adam Sandler's kind of phoning it in. Kevin James is kind of phoning like the, it in. The concept seems awesome. Oh, like the when concept. I first saw the trailer with the giant Pac-Man eating... Well, this time last year we mentioned it and we were all keen and then we like, realised it was Kevin James and... and yeah, and that's what's like, and, damn yeah. it. The concept looks awesome. Yeah, so, well, I am partway through another film, actually. I am part... Speaking of Adam Sandler, I'm partway through The Ridiculous Six. Okay. Which is a Netflix movie like apparently he's done a deal for like six movies for Netflix or something yeah. Adam Sandler and it's him and his buddies there's Terry Crews Rob Schneider Taylor Lautner and a couple of others Harvey Keitel and it's a western where he plays the son of Nick Nolte and he's he's been living with Indians for a while and he's sort of he doesn't have superpowers but he's like this super Indian he's, he's a white man living with Indians and then he finds out his dad's got treasure buried and the, the dad was a bad guy a leader of a gang and they, they come and grab him before he meets his son for the first time and then they come and kidnap him whatever there so it's like we've got to go save my dad and get my gold or whatever so he goes off and he keeps coming across other people who happen to be his dad's sons so he's, the ridiculous six are him and his five half brothers and it's a typical Adam Sandler jokes this you know donkeys farting all this and I've heard nothing good about this no I heard one review saying is it, is it worse than uh, they watched 100 Ways to Dies in the West or whatever that oh, yeah. Seth, Seth McFarlane. McFarlane movie was and they go yeah it's better but not by much um, so it, it, it wasn't good but I gotta say Taylor and I was laughing they were terrible jokes but he's he's playing like the dumb hick you know and I, so he's playing himself <laughs> he's quite funny I actually it, it's not like you're watching in a dumb state of mood it's fine but it's not it's not good I can't recommend it anyway right. so that's that but yeah as I said I've heard nothing good about it yeah right anything else like I said at the end of last year I haven't seen a lot of films been watching too much TV so I was like let's put on some movies let's watch movies so wife and I we went through Netflix looking about what to watch and we sort of go here's Girl Friday I haven't seen that that's a Cary Grant movie from like 1958 or something like that and it's a great film it's Howard Hawks directed it's a, the dialogue is like machine gun it's just boom 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 people talking over the top of each other you know it's just well, whack 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 it's just awesome and, but it's strange because it's like there's a movie called No Way to, no, no Way to Treat a Lady which is about a serial killer it's a Peter Siegel film from 1965 or something like that and it's a comedy about a, a cop who's after the serial killer and stuff and it's just strange that you got these weird meshings and this is a comedy as well this His Girl Friday and it's, a, it's about a girl I forget her name not Olivia de Havilland it's someone else playing this woman who's a very good reporter but she's been gone for four months she's left and you don't know why but she comes back to the bullpen of this newspaper and they're all going welcome back four months how you been not bad and she's dragging this guy with her through he's carrying her bags and everything and he goes in and sees Cary Grant and they just have this 
banter between each other. Obviously, history there, and it comes out that they were married once but divorced. And he's he's the editor, she's the best reporter, and they just bang, 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 just the dialogue back and forth. Turns out she's remarried, or she's getting married to this other dude, and it's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And there's sort of that thing going on. But then at the same time, there's a guy on death row who's going to be hung the next day, and it's a very political murder that he shot a black policeman. It's got interesting. Hmm. But there's also a mayoral race going on at the time, so there's two people running that. So the media, the papers obviously got influenced, but they're all talking about how, yeah, it's funny that you've been putting off these reprieves and putting it off until the day before this and all this sort of stuff going on. So they, it's interesting that they're playing this political game with the, the mayors and this murder and all that, but it's a funny movie. It's a comedy about this relationship between these characters. Yet the backdrop is this fairly serious subject matter. And then also in the third sort of like backdrop is there's communism the Russians are on the move and it's sort of like well yeah which gets them you know and that's part of the story saying oh no no the the hanging story is more important than the Russians and this and that but it's all really about this relationship between Cary Grant and, and this lady let's go cool. but um just the dialogue is just so good back and forth and it's just yeah really really good and really really clever so we sort of did that and I was like oh this is a movie I should have seen in the same way you should have seen Goodwill Hunting so that was kind of cool so last week we sort of did again going oh we'll find something else and we seem to be going on a Cary Grant kick because I was looking for another movie and there was one, A Touch of Mink, which is Cary Grant and Doris Day from about 10, 15 years later. So he's a bit older hmm. and not good. All right, so I don't think I've seen a Cary Grant movie. What What's his big movie? Um, Charade or North by Northwest are probably his two biggest that I can think of. His Girl Friday is a big, a fairly big one. Okay. But it's one of those, he's a name from that era that I probably should have seen a movie of. You don't watch a lot of that era, I think. No, I don't think so. But he's, he's in a lot of movies, but the big ones of those, probably North by Northwest, okay. is probably the big one, which I do recommend. Hmm. But the thing is, he was just a charming man. Yeah. Like, like George Clooney. Like, you look at him and you think, I can see... Because I never got why George Clooney was touted as this big actor. Because he was a guy from ER for so long. <laughs> then they give him Batman. I was like, Because back then, very rarely did you get a TV actor that would break and become a movie actor. Yeah. It didn't work that yeah, way. Yeah, you were one or the other. Back yeah, then. and if you went from... If you your career slumped as a movie and you went to TV, you were slumming it and you never went back. Different now, hmm. you know. So Brian Cranston can go back and forth and do what he wants. But George Clooney broke television and became a TV actor, a movie actor. Yeah. They gave him the franchise of Batman, which wasn't his fault. It was a terrible movie. He takes Great blame bit. for it. But he's moved on. Now he's making the movies he wants to make. He's doing, yeah. you know, Coen Brothers films or... Nespresso ads. Yeah, but... He's got that charming Cary Grantness about it. Hmm. He has this just gentlemanly thing. But yeah, so but yeah, but this other movie, watch this Touch of Mink. It's it's. I've seen a few Doris Day films, and she did a couple of films with Rock Hudson, and they're sort of like not sexy comedies because when we're talking sex, it's I mean it's sexual but very PG sex. So it was like a you know these farcical comedies about people falling in love or whatever. <laughs> and this is sort of that. She plays a virginal girl in the who's on unemployment because it starts off with her going to the unemployment line um, to get her welfare payment and Gomez Adams himself is the one who's issuing her statement, you know, working okay. at this equivalent of Centrelink. And he's sort of saying, you know, I cannot pay you if I have any reason to believe you haven't gone for a job and this and that. But, you know, if we go out for dinner. So she just gets hit on a lot. <laughs> is the idea so and then she's walking home and then Kerry Grant in a Rolls Royce being chauffeured around splashes the car splashes water on her and he feels guilty so he sends his right hand man down to find her and pay for any damages and she ends up meeting him they fall in love but he's a bit of a playboy she's this virginal saving herself 
for marriage. That's really what the plot is about, that she hasn't had sex yet and she's saving herself for marriage. And there's this byplay between them sort of taking her to Bahamas and doing all these things and she wants to, but she won't. And it's just like, without actually saying anything, it was just in the end a bit okay. shit. <laughs> so it's just sort of funny, like it's a time capsule that's interesting, but it's just so funny nowadays that it, that's what it is. But, but no payoff. Yeah, it's just like I've seen, there's more enjoyable the Rock Hudson Doris Day movies and there's better Cary Grant movies, but yeah, okay. it just is what it is. But yeah. All right. Well, that was old movies. Yeah. Should we look forward to the new movies what? of 2016? Oh. All right. So, all right, that's that, that's looking back. Stop looking right. back. Let's right. look forward. 2016, it's brand new year. Yeah. Yeah. Let's mix it up a bit. You've what? got a pretty big list. I've got a... Thanks. Oh, list. <laughs> I've got a small one-page list. All right, let's start with games. We always start with games. All right, start with games. All right. See, I only did movies. Yeah, well, that's, that's what you think small. <laughs> all right. Like your list. <laughs> okay. What games are coming out this year? Well, there's Lego Marvel Avengers, which would appeal to you coming out in the next couple of weeks isn't it yes the 26th there's street fighter 5 i've written down ones that might appeal to you all right which I is a five, playstation I exclusive no I you're gonna have to buy playstation all right there's far cry primal in february kind of tempting which makes me want to buy an xbox one because all looking at all these 360 is not an option on a lot of these games oh, okay. this year yeah that's what i'm finding king of fighters xiv because you're a fighting game 14 guy. yeah that's yeah, how is Street Fighter up to five? But King of Fighters up to four. Because there was Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Alpha, Street Fighter Two First Wave, all sorts of things like that, and they managed to last Street Fighter Two for about ten years. Fair enough. Gears of War Four, yeah, I'm two. Yeah, that's Xbox One. No, no. Yes, Battleborn, which now, I'm very tempted. I was excited about Battleborn. Battleborn is from the guys who made Borderlands, but it's a tournament game for online. Kind of like Team Fortress? I think so. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if there's a one-player or like a storyline component where you can play that. I think it's it's all about the online, where everything about it is Borderlands. But it's like, if it's only online and you're fighting other people, it's not really the game I want. So yeah, exactly. I, I need to know more about it, but that's coming out in March. Hmm. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which I don't know. Could be good. Could be good. There's Mass Effect Andromeda in the last quarter, which I still haven't played Mass Effect 3, but Mass Effect 1 and 2 are <laughs> <laughs> my favourite games ever and Mass Effect Andromeda is Xbox One I may have to hopefully have one by then Rocket League which is a game everyone's playing currently which is on soccer PlayStation? With, on everything yeah. but Xbox Okay, and it's basically soccer with cars Okay, and everyone's playing it and loving it and it's coming out on the Xbox One later in the year so it's like because ah. mm, I don't have a PC that could play it no so, but yeah, Rocket League is something everyone's talking about. It's like, I really want to play this Rocket League. The guys who made the Sherlock Holmes games, they've got Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter coming out later in the year. And that's it as far as my list just of what's coming out. But something I did notice was there was no Star Wars games listed. Well, Star Wars Battlefront just came out. Yeah. So maybe. They're, they're... There's no others. I want I want Rebel... Rebel, what is it? Force Rogue Awakens. Squadrons Force game. Awakens Lego. Oh, that was surprising. That's not coming. The Rogue Squadron games, I loved. And it's just like, give me something. But anyway. All right. So, yes, that's that's that. Now, here's a short list again of TV shows that are coming out this year. Just quickly, I just did a quick search. And in January, there's one called Angie Tribeca, which is a procedural crime show, but it's a piss take of all the CSIs and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, eh. 
that could be interesting. There's Lucifer, which is based on the Vertigo comic, so Constantine failed, so let's try Lucifer. <laughs> There's 112263, which is a miniseries with James Franco based on the Stephen King novel about okay. a librarian who time travels back to the assassination of JFK, which apparently the book is awesome. Yeah. So The Get Down, which is a Baz Luhrmann-made miniseries about the birth of hip-hop. Which looks interesting. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow, which is essentially Doctor Who in the DC universe. Yeah, I've seen the trailers for this. It looks, it looks pretty looks, good. Looks good. So that's coming soon. Um, there's Preacher, which is based on the Vertigo comic by Garth Ennis. Which the comic is amazing. I don't know if the show is going to be any good, but I'm hoping if it's anything close, it's going to be great. There's season two of Daredevil and Agent Carter starting soon. So that's just a little bit to look forward to now. Television. Yes. So right. now we have movies. So, why don't we go through your list? Well, I've actually chronologicalized, if that's a word. No, but it is now. I'm doing mine chronologically. Excellent. So, one of the big January releases, I was going to put The Hateful Eight on here, but that's already out, so... Yep. I decided it's not an upcoming I'm release. That's a current it this movie. Weekend. Yes, I'm, in seventy mil. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Mm. I'm keen to see it, but I don't know if I'll rush out to the cinema to see it. There's still a couple of other things that are probably higher on my list of cinema that I need to see. Peanuts movie. Yeah, Peanuts and possibly Good Dinosaur. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've heard bad things about the Good Dinosaur, and I'm interested in seeing the Hunger Games on the big screen because really? I've seen all the other ones. You're the other one. Yeah, well, my wife mainly, but I'll go with her. But anyway, um, speaking of kids' films, we've got Kung Fu Panda 3 coming out in January, and, and your list isn't chronological, so nope. yours are all over the place. Yeah. Other kids' films later in the year that are probably going to be quite good. We've got a live-action Jungle Book coming in April, mm-hmm. starring a lot of big-name Hollywood actors in voices. Directed by the Fav. Yes, and Edris Alba is going to play Shere Khan, the mm-hmm. tiger, and I think Christopher Walken is going to play Baloo. the Baloo, is it? Or is I he going so. to play the bear? He's either going to play the bear or the orangutan, which is the one that gets to sing all the cool songs yeah. in the Disney version. Scarlett Johansson as the snake. Yeah, so mm. it could be good. Could, could be. Could Other be. kids' movies, we'll just stay on this theme, that are coming. There is... The Finding Dory, which is the finally the sequel to Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. which has only been, what, 10 years in the making? Yeah. There is a remake of Pete's Dragon coming in August that I was kind of keen on. Not that I really liked Pete's Dragon in the first place. Didn't you? But, but I don't know. It was one of those time and place movies. I think I was probably a little bit old for it when it oh, came out. I was out. perfect age, I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But that's coming out. Another kid's film that I am definitely going to go out and see, and that's the BFG, based on the Roald Dahl book. Mm-hmm. We've come around for Spielberg or not, but it is a live-action version of the BFG. Yep. And I've just finished reading the BFG in the last couple of months with my eight-year-old, uh-huh. so it's fresh in my mind. So uh-huh. That should be good. And we've also got later in the year, I think November, is the is Disney or Pixar that does Moana, which is Disney. kind of yeah the sort of Hawaiian-Polynesian movie that kind of looks good but that that's the kids films that are coming out mm-hmm. i'll let you jump into some of the movies you're looking forward to because i think everything else that's on my list is probably on your list okay yeah so i'm just gonna rattle down it starts off with the movies that i really looking forward to because i know about and the rest was i just sort of did some research saying this is coming out. i was like well, that could be interesting so we're gonna start off with batman versus superman dawn of justice which you might have the date there it's march march so yes that the, the biggie for me then there's Captain America Civil War which looking at the trailers could be the same film pretty much yes um, there's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them which is what December next year which is a Harry Potter prequel kind of spin-off I think you'd probably yeah, set in the same universe not connected I've got to say that trailer did not I didn't care See, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but just the concept of it makes me excited. Yeah, just, I, I don't know. I just don't care. I don't know. I'll I, see I, it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not excited about it. 
I was late to the party on Harry Potter. You and, played the well, games. yeah, I only watched the movies after I played the Harry Potter game, and then it all made sense after I watched the movies. So, mm. yeah, I'm kind, I'm kind of keen to see this. Yeah, so I'm not. Yeah, X Men Apocalypse, which is the next X Men film. The fact that it's in the '80s is exciting. Olivia Munn in the Psylocke outfit is exciting. The trailer really didn't do a lot for me, so I'll, I'll definitely see it. But it's just sort of like eh. Alice for the Looking Glass. I'm kind of excited about that because Tim Burton's not doing it. But he might as well be because it's. Johnny Depp and yeah, Helena Bottom Carter. Well, it's, it's the sequel. Yeah, well, it's the sequel. Yes. And there's Independence Day Resurgence, which I'm kind of... I, I want to see what they do with it. Like, I'm more excited about that than I am about the Fantastic Beasts. See, I was never a huge fan of Independence oh, Day. It's terrible, <laughs> but, but I'm kind of intrigued. I, I just don't want to... There's the Rogue One movie coming out at Christmas, which is the Star Wars movie. And again, this is kind of exciting because... It's- it's a side story to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's like leading up to Star Wars and well, A New Hope. Yep. And is it stealing the plans for the Death Stealing Star? the plan for the original Death Star. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's set in the same sort of time period as the Rebels cartoon is. So it's that just before oh, okay. A New yep. Hope. But I'm not sure if there's any crossover or not. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, the Suicide Squad movie, I'm almost more excited about than Batman v Superman. Just because it's, again, it's new. And it, I think it's one of those things where it will be interesting to see how they do certain characters. Yeah. Like It's been quite well publicised that Jared Leto's Joker is going to be very different to any yeah. other Joker. So it, it'll be nice to see how he does it. I do like there's a meme out there with the different Jokers. Like Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger. And it's like the drugs they're on. The sort of <laughs> marijuana is Cesar Romero, cocaine okay. is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Heroin is... Heath Ledger and meth is makes sense Jared Leto so, yeah, that's kind of cool. yeah, that kind of works yeah, yeah so I, I'm excited about that movie because it's just different so it's August I'm not sure when yeah it is Warcraft which I I've got to say yeah. have you seen the trailer yeah we watched it last week I yeah. remember I'm kind of bored the CGI in it looked it terrible it looked like a computer game it didn't look special but it is directed by Duncan Jones Duncan Jones Duncan Jones who is David Bowie's song director of Moon, which we gushed about two years ago. Yeah. So he can make a good film, and it's a game I've never played. I think maybe that's the issue. The fact that we don't know the game, are we going to like the movie? Yeah, so it's sort of like, I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm just not ready for it, but to a shout-out to Duncan Jones. He's, unfortunately, this week, his father passed away, which, if you're anything like me, your Facebook would have just been full of David Bowie pictures and tributes and memorials and stuff like that, and... I know it got me in the feels. Yeah, when I heard it. It's it just like, oh, that's it's. I don't like that. I don't like a world without David Bowie. No, I know we have to live with it, but it's sort of like, but it's, it kind of sucks a little. Uh, it does because mm. it was totally unexpected. Yeah, like Lemmy. Mm. So it hasn't been. But a mind you, Lemmy lived one hell of a life. Well, I think David Bowie did as well. Yeah, true. You've but he always looks so good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so um anyway, so yeah, so Duncan, I hope it's a good movie. Sorry about your dad. That he listens, of course. There's Doctor Strange, which I am looking forward to, which is another Marvel movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I'm the jury's still out for me for Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he is the same person in every movie he's in. Zoolander two, do you reckon he's gonna be the same? Well person? see I didn't even know he was in Zoolander. He's the androgynous male female model. Oh. He's the new type of model coming through. Oh, well, he is pretty androgynous in Sherlock, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Asexual. That's something actually I could add to my list. I watched a new Sherlock movie, which you gave up on. I got half an hour in. No, it was very Didn't good. like it. it I didn't like the good. fact that it was set in that time period. It was very good. It seemed unnecessary. No. But yeah, I, I put Zoolander 2 on my list. It's on the list, but it doesn't matter really. But I saw it. the ad for it when I went and saw Star Wars, and it did not make me want to go and see the movie. It's just like Anchorman 2. It's like too long between. Yeah. It just, yeah. Well, there's it's like a- if they bought out of Wayne's World now, maybe it's long enough that you go, I want to go back but it's just the time it's just too long it's just like yeah you missed the mark of enthusiasm 
Well, speaking of missing the mark, there's two movies that I've got on my list that probably fall into that category. There's Pee-wee's Big Holiday, which is the Pee-wee Herman movie, Mm -hmm. which I really don't know if anyone would still be interested in in seeing a Pee-wee. We never got the Pee-wee's Playhouse TV show. So there's a bunch of college students that would have grown up with that and high school students that would have watched it. And those guys will go see it. Okay. Yeah. But but it's not going to be... It it won't cost $80 million that they've got to get back. It'll probably do what it has to do. Mm. And then later in the year, there is a Bridget Jones movie where she has a baby. I can't remember the exact title of it. Again, that's a Sex in the City audience. That's genius. They will go see it. Those people will want to see the continuing adventures of Bridget Jones. Well, actually, I... just she doesn't look like her anymore. No, but I can see that that makes more sense where people that saw Bridget Jones when Bridget Jones first came out were the young singles dating people. And now they've got kids, so Bridget Jones is having a kid. But anyway, I digress. Now, this could be my most anticipated movie for the year, I've got to say. Deadpool. Yeah. When we put the question out on Facebook, the responses we got were Deadpool. And I think the fact that it is only next month that Deadpool gets released. And they're just doing it so perfectly. The marketing, everything about it so far is spot on. Now, I don't know if you know about Deadpool at all. I know enough. I've never read the comic, but I am familiar with the the whole concept of breaking the fourth wall and just being a bit meta in the character. And he's just funny and wrong and all these sort of things. And I love it. I actually have the first appearance of Deadpool as a comic, which is worth quite a bit of money. Because I was a fan of Rob Liefeld back in the day, and he created it. And everyone picks on Rob Liefeld. It's like, fuck you all. We're getting a good movie. And it's Ryan Reynolds, the greatest actor of our generation. Yes. So it's got to be good. Exactly. And but the advertising campaign this year has been amazing. Like today, they're doing it, advertising, and they're making it look like a the notebook or something. They're making it look like a romance. <laughs> then they make it look like something else. Like every couple of days, they're bringing out more advertising, but they're making it look like other movies. Well, the only ones I've seen were the ones that came out at Christmas, where he had the, the sweater with like, the Christmas decorations <laughs> Oh, that's a 40-year-old virgin. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they're just doing all this stuff, and they're just, like, getting it right. And if they get this... And you look at Colossus in the trailer, it's like, that's Colossus. Like, they're not shying away from the costumes or the this. It's just like, this is up on the big screen. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this more than X-Men Apocalypse, that's for sure. Okay. So, that's what I've got. Star Trek Beyond, which Justin Lim, who one of our patron saints, he directed Fast Five. Fast Five and Six? Yep. So he di- he's directing the new Star Trek, and I haven't seen the trailer yet. But everyone's saying it looks like why are they on motorbikes and stuff. It's like well, it's Justin Lin, Justin Lin, and apparently it looks like a Fast Five movie with that. So I'm like, oh, maybe I could get into this. So, so I'm looking forward to that Star Trek Vulcan Drift. Mm. And there's the the Huntsman's Winter's War, which is the sequel. Snow White and the Huntsman sequel without with, Snow White, without Kristen Stewart. So I was yeah. like, oh, that could be good. Assassin's Creed movie, which I really couldn't give two shits about. But it's got Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. Yeah. So I like him. So I was like, well, we'll see what happens. Like, if the buzz is good, I'll go check it out. And there's Legend of Tarzan, which has got the Skarsgård from... What's the Sookie Stackhouse show? True Blood. True Blood. The guy from that playing that Tarzan. That Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, I'm kind of tempted by I'm that. Because, again, that, that is the same guy that did The Heat. And, and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Faggy. Page. Yeah, but Kristen Wiig's in it. She's winning me over. She, I'm starting to like her in things. Something I am looking forward to is Hail Caesar, which is the new Coen Brothers movie, which looks crazy. It's set in Hollywood in the 40s, so it's like, yep, that's in my wheelhouse. There's Midnight Special, which is about a father whose kids has a unique gifts, and there's Kylo Ren's chasing him as part of this like military. The actor that plays Kylo Ren, yeah. not Kylo Ren the character. Adam Driver, yes. Nothing to do with the... Is it no. Creed's Clearwater no, Revival? No, nothing like that. Oh. Yes. There's Triple Nine, which is a heist movie, which looks kind of cool. 
There's the fifth wave, is wave with Chloe Moritz, which is out soon, which is about some sort of alien invasion, which looks interesting. Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. I don't think I'm going to bother. I had that written down because I thought you might mention it. And I just, it's just one of those hipster things where it's like, oh, how quirky is this? The it's comic like, was pretty popular, wasn't it? It was a book. Okay. And that was, yeah, it was quite popular. Now You See Me 2, which I could be excited about if I see <laughs> Now You See Me 1. Now You See Me is a good movie. And I, I think Daniel Radcliffe's in Now You mm-hmm. See Me 2. Yes. So he's gone from being a wizard to being a magician. Mm-hmm. And there's London Has Fallen, which is a sequel to Olympus Has Fallen, which I haven't seen Olympus Has Fallen, but I've been told I should. All right. Now I'm confused because I watched Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down in the same week. I think Olympus Has Fallen was the bad one, and White House Down was the good one. Which no, one? No, no, no. Which one's Channing Tatum in? That's White House Down, isn't it? That's a good one. No, I thought that, no, I'm not saying it's a bad <laughs> No, Channing Tatum's a good one. Speaking of that, is he in the Gambit movie? Yes. But All right, so that's coming out later in the year too. Apparently, that was not filming yet. Okay. Uh, what's on the list that I looked from it was slated for October yeah uh, it's meant to be yes okay yeah. uh, there's a movie called A Monster Calls which is a boy seeks the help of a tree monster to cope with his single mum's terminal illness starring Liam Neeson and Sigourney Weaver so I was like it could be interesting hmm. The Forest which has got Natalie Dormer from Sherlock and Game of Thrones no, from Elementary and Game of Thrones and it's a woman goes into a suicide forest in Japan to find her twin sister which she is formed by and she is informed by paranormal forces so that suicide forest in Japan is creepy shit. It's creepy I've, cool. I've heard of that, yeah. Gods of Egypt, which is directed by Alex Proyas, and it looks pretty terrible. Is Jared Butler in that one? I think so. Yeah, oh, I kind of looked at the pictures of that and didn't think much of it. Look at the trailer going, this looks like 10 years ago. It just, it's like, oh, I like Alex Proyas. Like, the crow's good, iRobot's good. Yeah, it's just like, you've made some shit lately. Mm. Dark City's fantastic, but knowing is not. Uh, (laughs) It's only half the battle. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, which I haven't seen the first one. I'm not really keen, but it's got Rocksteady and Bebop in the next one. I'm like... It's enough to make you want to watch it. I'm tempted, yeah. Um, and Crane? Crane, apparently. I'm hearing rumours. Interesting is how they do that. Mm. And then there's um, Free State of Jones, which is a civil war. Divides the nation. A poor farmer from Mississippi leads a group of rebels against the Confederate Army, starring Matthew McConaughey. So I was like, eh, don't mind a good Maybe. thing. So that sounds all right. Hateful Eight, which you sort of mentioned. The Nice Guys, which I see you've got down there Yeah, as which well. is the Shane Black-directed 70s, 70s cop, cop film. show with... Um, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Mm. So both Ryans are getting their movies in this year. Yep. 13 Hours, A Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, which is the Michael Bay action okay. film, which looks interesting. And I, I really like Pain and Gain. So I wish Michael Bay would walk away from Transformers, give it to Justin Lim, and just go make other things. I don't want to see your Transformers anymore. This would be a pretty serious film, though, being the fact yeah. that it's about Benghazi. Yeah. And probably I would say this will come out just before the American elections just to get Hillary out of the White House. Probably. Probably. <laughs> now, there's something I didn't... I'm surprised you didn't mention. I don't give a shit myself, but the Angry Birds movie. I do have this on my list. Okay. And I probably should have mentioned that as in part the of the kids, the kids' movies or also in the movies that probably missed the mark and should have come out a few years ago. Because uh, I don't think Angry Birds is quite as big as it could have been. But is your kids still wearing their Angry Birds t-shirts? Only because that's what they wear as their pyjamas. <laughs> okay. So not that they like Angry Birds that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Now this could be good or could be bad. Knight of Cups. It's a screenwriter living in LA tries to make sense of the strain of venture carrying around him. Starring Christian Bale directed by Terrence Malick. The idea sounds right. Terrence Malick makes slow films. But Nothing to do with that bit from Pitch Perfect where she does the cups thing? No. Shame. No, no, no. There's um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragons, Sword of Destiny. If it comes out because we mentioned this last year. Mm. So yes, could be. But, you know, it's like I, I remember someone whinging they never saw any dragons or tigers. It's like that's because they were 
scratching, scratching and hiding. hiding. Yeah. I probably made the subject last week. <laughs> probably. Uh, there's Steve Jobs, which I think is out in the States now, but it's coming out here soon. And it's written, it's directed by Danny Boyle, written by Aaron Sorkin. So I've heard not How many the movies have there been about Steve Jobs? Three, at least. So this, In the last, since he's died. This isn't the one. This with, is a Fassbender. Okay. Not the Ashton Kutcher. All right. Yeah. Now, they're saying this is, it's about his life three major moments like the launch of the Mac the launch of the iPad and the launch of something else it's like three key moments of Apple and yep. it's his driving driving okay. force and all that and apparently the performances are amazing like Fassbender's great Seth Rogen's even good as Wozniak and it's Aaron Sorkin dialogue and they say it's tense like okay. really good in that way but I've heard also heard bad things so, but yeah. yeah so I'm and Danny Boyle you know you love Transponding yeah so could be good could be good. There's a Magnificent Seven remake, which yes, I didn't which know, I have which written I down. am very excited about. Denzel Washington and Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Mm, so that could be interesting. Brothers Grimsby. Now, this could be interesting. A new assignment forces a top spy to team up with his football hooligan brother. That's a plot. So it's going to be... It's an action comedy. Directed by... I've got it written down here. Louis Leterrier, who Never heard of it. directed Now You See Me and Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. And Transporter as well. Okay. Is it Jason Statham? No, Mark Strong. I love Mark Strong. The name sounds familiar. Uh, did you see Kingsman? Yes. The bald guy who was his sort of key. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah he, I love him to death. Okay. So he plays the agent. Sasha Baron Cohen plays his soccer hooligan brother. Could be good. Yeah. So I was like, eh, this could be fun. Rebel Wilson's also in it. And Isla Fisher, which is Sasha Baron Cohen's wife. So, yeah. yeah. What about Dad's Army? that take you back yeah, to your English know. days, Bill Nye? I kind of like the idea of the British comedy doing a movie of a British comedy movie, you know, a staple of British comedy in Dad's Army. Mm. But I don't know. Again, is it necessary? And is there any Dad's Army fans well, that would watch it now? Or is it people like us that watched Dad's Army when we were a kid because our parents watched it that will now go, oh, I like Dad's it's Army. It's very English. Kids. I mean, they're, they're not tailing for American audience. It's got no, to see the Jones in it, but yeah. I just love the little animation on the start of the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Arrows. Mm, anyway. John Wick 2. I haven't seen John Wick, but I've heard good things. So the fact is... So he bought another dog? Yeah. <laughs> There's 31. That's oh, is it the Rob, Rob Zombie, Zombie horror movie that yeah. he had to cut a lot out just to get it past censorship? Probably, so yeah. So there's that. There's Yoga Hoses. Which is the Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith third part of the trilogy, along with second Tusk. Part. Second part, yes. Along with Tusk and... Moose Jewels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't uh, know. Tusk left me a little bit cold. Did you like the characters, the two girls in the... I liked the two girls. Well, that's the movie about I, them. I didn't like Johnny Depp at all, but thankfully he won't be in this. Yes, he is. Oh, was he? Yeah. What a shame. Is the same character? Yeah. Oh. How Maybe much, not. I don't know. All right. Maybe not. Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which is a new Tim Burton film. That's all I know about. You can tell it's a Tim Burton film just by the name. Yes. There's is Helena Bonham Carter in it? Probably. Is it a period piece? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> now, this is a movie that's very exciting. I don't know how real it is or whatever, but it's called The Disaster Artist, and it's a movie about the making of the film The Room, with James Franco playing <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Oh, that's going to be movie of the year yeah. if it does come out. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, please be real, please be real. <laughs> it's an absolutely fabulous movie, talking about English TV shows that are coming in. Ten years too late. Yep. There's Kickboxer. Now, I don't know if it's a remake or what, but it's Gina Carano. Well, maybe they're doing the whole thing that they've done with Roadhouse, and they've done the remake of Roadhouse yeah, with, with Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're doing a, a girl version of Kickboxer. Hmm. Maybe. Now, this is... 
this thing now it's called 80 Shankar's Gods and Secrets now it's like okay that's an interesting title and it says it explores the darker ramifications of a world filled with superheroes for the people that protect and the famous heroes themselves the dark genre project aims to put a fresh spin on iconic superhero tropes and mythos right. and so I'm like okay so I, I didn't know what the Adi Shankar's was and apparently he's the producer of it and he produced Dread and the Grey so I was like okay, okay so interesting take could be something interesting to look forward to Maybe. Maybe, so yeah. There's also Criminal, which is the memories and skills of a deceased CIA agent are implanted into an unpredictable and dangerous convict. Starring Gail Godot, which is Wonder Woman, and Ryan Reynolds, the greatest actor of the generation. <laughs> so, okay, so could be something there. There's Super Troopers 2. Take a fucker. <laughs> Again, Super Troopers is one of those movies where if you watch it by yourself... It's just not a good film. But then quoting the lines to your friends afterwards makes it better than it is. So yes. maybe it'll be good. Is yes. it sort of the Broken Lizard guys? Yeah. Great. It has to be. No one else you wants to yeah, Exactly. Now, I don't know. This There's very limited information on this, but I did read that there's a Chips movie directed and starring Dax Shepard, who's Mr. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Front of Mars. So yep. it's like, eh, I want to see a, a good Chips movie. It would be kind of funny. There's Skip Trace, which is a hard thing to say. It's one word. Skip Trace. Like cell shading. Mm, a detective from Hong Kong teams up with an American gambler to battle against a notorious Chinese criminal, directed by Rennie Harlan. Starring Chris Rock and Jackie Chan? No, Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> so it is basically the same movie it's Rush, Hour. Rush Hour again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but with Johnny Knoxville. That might be alright. He was good in that. What was that movie? Uh, with End of the Line. What was it? No. Last. Schwarzenegger. Last Stand. The, the Last Stand with Schwarzenegger. He was good in that. <laughs> USS Indianapolis Men of Courage, which is Nicolas Cage, and it's about the. Have you seen Jaws? Yes. You know, the Robert Shaw, when he talks about being in the army, being on the boat, and that sunk and the, it was delivering the bomb the Nagasaki bomb okay and because it was such a soft secret mission no one knew where they were because uh-huh. they couldn't tell anyone and the boat sank and there's thousands of men in the water and uh-huh. sharks are taking off that's that story so I'm looking forward to that one then there's Lost in the Pacific which is a story centred around a group of elite passengers on board a inaugural luxury transoceanic flight that turns into a disaster starring dreamy Brandon Ralph I just wanted to put that in because it's starring an ex-Superman it sounds like a bit of a Titanic type movie yeah yeah yes and the last one I've got down which is very important is Kindergarten Cop 2 starring Dolph Lundgren (laughs) okay (laughs) now I think out of all your lists there was only one other movie I had on my list that you didn't mention Mm. and that was the Twisted Sister documentary We Are Twisted Fucking Sister yeah yeah which is coming out in February (laughs) and as a fan of D. Snyder's podcast he's mentioned that a few times and yeah might be something worth watching I don't know if I would make a trip to the cinema for it but yes Mm. so I'll just ask the question that I ask every year when we do this how many of those movies do you think you will see at the pictures seven and will that just be the Star Wars movie five times again maybe Batman v Superman it'll be Deadpool four times probably there is definitely some on that list that I would make the trek to the cinema for some of them I know I want to watch but I think I will just wait till they're on DVD I say seven now I may see seven movies total next year the way I went on last year it could be that bad so we'll see you're lucky if you see seven movies a month so I think you will see more than seven no see that many uh, well, I don't know at the cinemas definitely alright well we have gone on very long on this podcast this month yes there is a lot of good stuff coming out a lot of stuff hopefully a lot of stuff yeah. anyway 
But we mentioned earlier in the podcast that there was the passing of David Bowie. So I think we will probably dig up a Bowie track to put on the end of the episode. Although there was also the passing of the 90s trance guru. superstar, Guru, Guru Josh. Guru Josh. Died age 50. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should dig up 1990s times. I'm Bowie was Bowie, but Guru Josh was the Guru. guru. And, and Bowie was timeless. He was an icon of the 70s. He was a style leader of the 80s. He was a gentleman of the 90s. He was a statesman of the 2000s. He was the Goblin King somewhere in there as well. But Guru Josh, 1990 was his year. It was time for the Guru. It was time for the Guru. <laughs> so. Maybe. Stay tuned. But anyway, that's where we're going to wrap up this month's show. Hang around and... There might be some music at the end that's worth listening to. There might not be. If you have any... (laughs) Oh, yes, exactly. We could drag out something from Blamey and Motorhead. And Stevie Wright from The Easy Easy Beats. So maybe I could just make a mashup of all those songs together. If only I was audio. If only we had listeners like the Weekly Planet podcast that would do it for us. No, we don't. No, we don't have listeners. We don't have listeners, so yes. (laughs) Anyway, that being said, if you have any feedback, if there was any movies that are coming out this year that you think we should have mentioned that we didn't, jump on our Facebook and tell us. And yeah, until next month. Thank you, Mitch. No worries, thank you. It's been a long one, but it's been fun. All right, Joseph, bye-bye. All right, (laughs) bye-bye. Look out your window